You are listening to the weekly podcast presented by the Lighthouse Midlothian. For more information, please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org. Thank you and God bless. So just very quickly this morning, we've been talking about missions for the last, I don't know, two months or so. Yeah, and I told you last week was going to be the conclusion. Well, this is the footnote, okay? This is the afterword, okay? And uh, just have a couple of points. Jesus is the ultimate missionary. How many would agree with that? Yeah? Okay, because a missionary goes from their home and they have a message of good news and they go to another place. Jesus' home is in heaven. And he came to another place called Bethlehem. Okay, that was fun. We may need to watch that again. So for you parents, actually, this is what I'm going to say about the break. We're going to leave the kids back there and just let you all talk because they need to have plenty of time. With their, because if we if we end it too soon, they don't have enough time to do their lesson. Thank you, Antoinette. Antoinette's casting a vote in this favor. So, don't tell the kids workers I said this, but no, they'll appreciate it. I know how it is. You prepare something, you go back there. Pastor only goes twenty minutes. You know, I'm trying to be nice to everyone this week. Is it working? (laughs) Okay. So, all right, you're going to get a short message and time for fellowship. That's my gift to you. All right, so Jesus is the ultimate missionary. So he came from heaven to earth with a message, a good message, and the angels proclaimed it. I love it. Fear not. I bring you news, something that is hugely joyful. Peace on earth. Don't we need peace? Don't we want goodwill? Yeah. There's just so much bad will out there. People getting angry and upset. And you get more and more people together, you get more and more anger. It, It just happens. Anger on the roads. Anger at work. Anger at church. How many have ever seen anger at church? Yeah, you've seen me at times. Anyway, it happens. But we should be at peace, right? We should be. Peace on earth. Now, this is, a good, this is good news. But, but we're kind of afraid to share about it because we, we, we all fear rejection. We all do. Does anyone really enjoy being rejected? No, we want approval. Most of us are approval addicts. We go to CR, some of us. Yeah, my name is Dan. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I struggle with approval addiction. And you all say, thank you. We struggle with that. And most of us have enough rejection already built up. Some of us had enough rejection in our childhood, and it lasts the rest of our lives. So we think, nobody really wants to see me or hear me, or what, what do I have to say? And then that carries over into our spiritual life. So it's hard to share sometimes. 
So we think, oh, those people, what do they think? You know, well, you never know. But we need to get a hold of that message that the angels had because it was the best news ever. It was the best news to the people that they brought it to, the Jewish people. This is really good news. <laughs> no more sacrifices. <laughs> no more religious duty. Let's, we're going to take it into where God intended, and that's a, a fantastic relationship with God that you can have directly and not go through a priest. This was such a revelation that Jesus was going to build a people a royal priesthood that we're all part of God's family. We're all royalty. That's good news, isn't it? That we're all royalty. It's not just Noah. It's all of us. Noah, you got some news for us? You got some news for us? You got good news for us? Is this good news? Are you, are you willing to share some good news with these people? What if they don't like you for sharing it? This, this is good news. You can just, you can just stand. Okay, Caroline's in the nursery. I don't know if she can hear us or not. She can watch. Okay. She said yes. Yay! Okay, Noah and Caroline are getting married. Isn't that exciting? That's good news. We should get excited. Oh, we all have good news to share. God's on the throne. You can be part of God's family. It's the best family ever. Is it good? Do we really believe that it's the best family ever? We need to be convinced of that, though, sometimes. I have a good family, but I'm not always proud of them. <laughs> Talking about my siblings, not my kids. My kids I'm proud about every day of my life. My grandkids, they're the greatest. I will tell you about it for hours. My phone is exploding with pictures of them. Yeah? I love them. I love them. I'm wild about them. Good news is God's wild about all of his kids. Somehow he does that. He's just overflowing, and he, he, he wants his kids. It's like the father in the parable of the prodigal. He just was happy that he, the kid came home. Isn't that parents? If you've ever had a kid that's been estranged, You know, you, you, you do want to kill them, but then you want to love them, <laughs> okay? You want to welcome them home. This is good news. So the angels knew this was good news because Jesus was going to make a way to the Father. This little tiny innocent baby, it just defies imagination. And so Jesus came with this amazing message that we could be reconciled with God. And God had a message. A missionary has a message. You and I as missionaries, we have a message. And the message is God is good. He's not mad at us. He is for us. He is not against us. This is a good message that we all have. And Jesus, in John 1.14... The word, Jesus, word of the Father now in flesh appearing. Some of these words to the Christmas carols are powerful. Stop at Walmart when you hear one playing. You know, that's one of the few redeeming factors 
of the Christmas hype is that when you go to public places, sometimes you get to hear about who Jesus really is. Word of the Father now in flesh appearing, oh, come let us adore him. What a beautiful, beautiful message. So Jesus was the word of the Father. In the beginning was the word. He was the message. He was that which the Father wanted to communicate to us himself. Communication, and I'm a communications major. I had to take the most boring class on earth called Theories of Communication. And I worked a midnight shift. I worked all night long. Where's the violin? Christina's in Houston. Anyway, she plays a cello. And, and, and then I went to school from 8 o'clock until noon. And my last class of the morning was theory of communication. And the, the, the teacher was a drama coach. And he shouldn't have been teaching, actually. He was a very good drama coach. Some people are good at some things, but teaching, no. The most dry, monotone, turn in your book, page 35. And I was so tired already. But one thing I remembered about that class, one thing. This was in Costa Mesa, OK? I think there was a view of the palm trees out the window. I was looking out the window a lot. All right. They're from Riverside, so she knows what I'm talking about. Communication, you have to have a sender. OK, I'm speaking right now. I'm the sender. And you have to have a receiver. Now, God equipped us with both things. <laughs> but there's something in between. It's the message. God is the sender. And he wants to send us love. He wants to communicate love. Love. We're the receivers, and Jesus is the message. He's the word. He is love. God is love, and Jesus was the manifestation of that love. So the word, love, became flesh. He became a living, breathing human being. What a vehicle of communication. And he dwelled with us. He, he was here on earth. He walked. You know, we played a little game at our Christmas party that we had for the combined connect groups. And there was a question that Gary got. And it was, if you could have lived in any time period other than the one you're living in, what would it be? And uh, his answer was, never mind, it doesn't matter. But it was recent, because he likes hot showers. OK, it was recent. It wasn't now. He picked the time period that wasn't now, but the closest. <laughs> To now, <laughs> OK. And yeah, we have a lot of wonderful conveniences right now. It's amazing. But honestly, what I thought he would say, because he's deeply spiritual, OK, deeply spiritual person, despite the fact that there were no hot showers, wouldn't you have really enjoyed living in the days of Jesus and her seeing him and hearing him directly? And being there at the Sermon on the Mount, and you wouldn't even known it was the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. There were no, now in one hour, the Sermon on the Mount will be beginning. Please take your places, ladies and gentlemen. This will be famous, and people will talk about it for generations. No, they're just sitting around in the grass, and this dude is, is 
teaching, but they don't even know he's like teaching. He's just talking. And what he's saying just resonates to the deepest part of their souls. And they knew he was a rabbi. A rabbi in Hebrew is a teacher. And they're like, you know, the other rabbis, it said Jesus taught with authority. His words were powerful and liberating and transforming. And he walked from place to place. And crowds gathered. And some came for the miracles. Some came to hear what he had to say. Some came because there was food sometimes. People come for all kinds of reasons, right? But what God meant is that we would get the message that he actually loves us. And Jesus was the expression of that love. And he gave us this book called the Bible that records that message. And I'm just going to plug this. Read the message. Read the book. Get it in your heart. You have another year starting. If you didn't make it through the Bible this year, no problem. New year starting. Let's start again. Let's do it. You probably, if you accepted the challenge last year, read more of the Bible than you have in the past, right? There's no shame in that. Just keep going. Start all over again. All right. So new year starting, new opportunities. The word became flesh. Jesus was the message. He had the message. He was the ultimate missionary. He was even martyred for his faith. That's the ultimate. The church is built on martyrs, people who gave their message and didn't care about what would happen to them because they knew they had a better place. Read Hebrews 11. By faith. That's why we do what we do. We do what we do by faith. And there are places now where if you go, you may not live to tell about it. But once you're so deep into what the message is, our lives don't matter, do they? They really don't. I mean, they matter to God, but God has a purpose. And if we're sharing the message, it's up to him what happens next. All right, so Jesus was the ultimate missionary. So last week we looked at the book of Jonah. Jonah was not the ultimate missionary, but he made it into the Bible, okay? So he certainly did more than I would have done. <laughs> All right, so in, the, in looking at the book of Jonah, we saw, and I'm going to close with this, as promised, Five easy steps to becoming a missionary, all right? Jesus fulfilled all these. Okay, we're just going to look. Let love always be your motivation, number one. We must know that we are loved and show that love to others. Did Jesus know that he was loved? This is my beloved son when he was baptized with whom I'm well pleased. He had the love of the Father, and he knew he was loved, and he was confident in that love, and that's something we all need to have resonating within us. When we take the message to the world, we take it as those who are loved, 
And whatever happens to us is in God's hands. That's how we can walk this thing out. All right, so Jesus was motivated by love. He was love. His message was love. And he communicated love with everything he did. So he did a good job with that. All right, number two, steps to becoming a missionary. He pursued God's will above all else. Would you say that was true of Jesus? Okay, in the Psalms, it says... It is written of me, I delight to do your will. I delight to do your will. It's repeated again in Hebrews. Jesus lived to do the will of the Father because he knew the will of the Father was the most fulfilling thing on earth. He prayed in the garden, not my will but yours. The will of the Father was to take him to the cross. He was a, in his manhood, that was not an exciting proposition. Nothing about that. But he knew God's will was greater than the situation or the circumstances. And so all of our prayer should be, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we're living for God's glory. Jesus did that. All right, number three, focus on God's strength rather than your own weakness. As a human, Jesus was subject to tiredness and hunger, and weakness. But he pressed through all that with the woman at the well. The disciples are, you must be hungry, Jesus, certainly. He said, my food is to do the Father's will. That's my food. He pressed through tired. He prayed all night. He had fellowship with God all night. We've done that a few times here. We've pressed through a few times in the last 19 years. We don't do it every year. We're not doing it this year. I just love those all-night prayer meetings. Seriously, they're good. They're good. We press through our own comfort and press into God's will. We're not trying to prove anything. Look, God, I stayed up all night. Can you please dispense a miracle from your heavenly vending machine? <laughs> yeah? No, it doesn't work like that. I think God sees sometimes that, hey, those people are serious about pursuing me. I was just reading in Haggai in my daily Bible reading that I love. Haggai. It's what, two chapters? Two amazing chapters. Now, don't judge a book by its cover. Because, I mean, Haggai, really? That's our English pronunciation. In Hebrew, it's a lot prettier than that. Okay? But the temple wasn't being finished. They weren't working on God's stuff. They were building their own fancy houses. And the prophet of God came and said, you're doing all this for yourself, but God's work is lacking and lagging. And so let's make our priority our priority. And again, Matthew 6, 33, if you give it all for God, he's going to give it all for you. And so it says the people received the message. A few verses down, the people received and they had a heart and a will. And then it says God responded to that expression of the people. And it says that he energized them to get the work done. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need some energy to get God's work done. It gets pretty tiring sometimes in our own flesh. 
And so when God sees that we're serious, then he just jumps right in and he helps us. Sometimes he helps us by sending other people. Isn't that cool? Sometimes he helps us by giving us supernatural strength. Sometimes he just does it. I don't know how he does. But he's all powerful. Let's put our faith in him and not in our own efforts. But Jesus, even as a human, was focused on God's strength rather than his own. The supernatural power of God was flowing through him, and it can flow through you and I. Okay, here's a big one. This was one of my favorite points. Submit to God's preparation and discipline. I didn't like this so much in my 20s. No, because I wasn't wrong that much. That is such a joke. I didn't know how wrong I was about almost everything. Stop nodding, Gary Barrett. All right. Amen. Amen. We all can relate. Amen? Because, you, you, you know, you may not be wrong right now, but you can maybe look back five years and see where maybe you had to be corrected. Maybe. I don't know. Some of you not. But for those of us who have been corrected at one time or another, and we didn't like it then, but actually now we look back and say, wow, that's really helped me when I changed that attitude, when I changed how I was doing that. And, and, and it makes us less defensive as time goes on, you know? Because usually we don't like the messenger of that correction very well, unless we trust him as a good friend or as someone that cares about us. Yeah, that's the difference, because we've been corrected by people that didn't care about us. How does that feel? God cares about us. And I can look back and see maybe even those people that had the wrong motives, I still needed to listen because they maybe had a point. Yeah. yeah? So don't hate the messenger. We all need discipline. We all need preparation. Okay, uh, three months of Bible school. Yeah, I'm ready. I taught Bible school, or I taught Sunday school for a few years. That should have made me ready for something, right? I was a deacon for 10 years. That made me ready for something. I was an elder for 20 years. What did that make me ready for? Well, God's preparation is continuous. He's always preparing us for the next thing. So just submit to the process. It's okay. None of us have arrived. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. That's when we arrive. So it's going to happen every day of our lives. But Jesus submitted. You know, this just... When I was 24 and living in Duncanville and not in the boonies preaching the gospel or in jolly old England where I really felt like I'd be going for the rest of my life, and we went for a very short time. When I was working a full-time job and raising kids and living in Duncanville, Texas, which was never on my list of things I needed to accomplish. Duncanville, Texas was never there. Okay? I was, you know, reading my Bible and praying, crying out to God. 
And I think I was like all of 24. And God spoke to me and he said, I didn't even start my son's ministry until he was 30. Wow, that was old. 30? 30? Whoa. That's about six more years. A year was long back then. Now I'm twice as old as 30. And it's like nothing. It's like, I, I just, you know, if you're under 30, don't worry. Life's going to overtake you. It's all going to happen. God is merciful in not letting it all happen at once. Yeah? And it's so easy to get impatient and try to make things happen. That's my natural personality. <laughs> but resting in God, just let it happen. Yeah, do your part. Yeah, just don't get a heavenly hammock and hang it up and say, God, when you need me, I'll be right here. Here am I, send me, but maybe after my nap. All right. <laughs> So Jesus submitted to God's preparation. We don't hear anything between age 12 and 30. And I would think, God, aren't you wasting a valuable resource here? This is Jesus. The world needs him. No, in the fullness of time, God turned on the spotlight and said, this is my beloved son. And his ministry, three and a half years. Three and a half years. God did more in that three and a half years than we've done. Yeah? yeah? The Spirit can do in two seconds what takes us a lifetime. Yeah? So just submit to God's preparation and discipline. He's going to do it in his time, but you've got to be, keep your heart rate right. Keep your heart rate. <laughs> That's helpful, too. <laughs> All right, last point. Let God's spirit take you where he wants you to go. Do you think Jesus did that? He went here. He went there. He followed the spirit. Didn't always make sense. Let's go through Samaria. Let's talk to some lady that nobody else wants to talk to. Doesn't always make sense. Let's stop and talk to the blind guy. Let's call a tax collector out of a tree. Wasn't Jesus amazing? But the father knew where the hungry hearts were. And he still does. And we can hear his spirit. You know, I just, oh, I love you guys so much. Last week after the Jonah message, several people came up and said, well, I had this opportunity and I missed it. You know, first of all, thank God for your tender hearts. You know, we all miss opportunities. I'm not excusing that. Yeah, I, I, it, I've done that. It grieves me. <laughs> but there's a next time. We all want to follow his voice. We all need to know his voice. We need to see what the Father's doing and do those things as Jesus did. And he may send you behind the walls. I'm not saying everybody has to go, but pray about it. It's a good thing. He may send you on a mission trip. Be ready. Not everyone will go. Not everyone can go. He might have you helping out with Celebrate Recovery. He may have you helping out in the nursery. He may have you 
just being you at a public school or the post office or whatever. It's okay. You know? Do what God has for you. There are many different parts of his body, and we all have different functions. And we don't look up to one because, oh, you get to do that. You know, that's great that you do. Let's rejoice with that person. But in heaven, we're going to find out that so many people did so many things that we never even knew about. And God celebrates us all when our hearts are lined up with him. That's the message. That's the good news, that we're loved, that we're accepted, that we're celebrated. You know, if I had some really good news, like I've got some $2,000 coupons, gift cards. This is a season of gift cards. Don't you love those gift card kiosks? They make Christmas shopping so easy. Mm. Mom, dad. Just that way they can pick out whatever they want. I don't know why you just don't give them $50 instead of buying $50. Here, go to this place. I think you'll really enjoy this place. <laughs> it means... <laughs> It means I did a little thought. I just didn't cram some money into an envelope. If you want to cram money into an envelope, that's one of my favorite gifts. But if you want to give me a gift card, I accept those. If you don't want to give me anything, that's fine too. This is not about me right now. It's about you. So I have, hypothetically, a $2,000 gift card. Now, I've never heard of one that large, but I have one in a box, and it's available, and you don't have to do anything, and it's for Costco. And you can get a lot of stuff at Costco for $2,000. Yeah? You can. You, you can buy enough toilet paper for several years. <laughs> You can get all new appliances for your kitchen now. You can go to Costco.com. If they don't have it at the store, they have it online. And you can use that gift card online. Well, if I had in this bag that gift card and it was available, and all you had to do is believe that I wasn't lying, that would be good news that you could come and have this wonderful free gift. There's nothing in there. Don't come up here. It's not, no. That was only, I could, Peter was ready to grab that. He was ready. I have done similar things, but like with $5, okay? So $5 sermon illustrations, you know, that's okay. But that would be good news, right? And if you took up on it, I, I would be excited actually to tell you that that's what it was. Well, guys... This message we have is a lot greater than $2,000 at Costco. It's joy in this life. It's fulfillment. It's eternal life. It's so good. We need to get excited about that. So that's, that's, that's the missionary story. I get to go and tell people that there's some good news out there. All right, you're not going to get it in your news feed. You're going to get how horrible everything is. 
oh, the government's ready to shut down in the economy and we're right on the verge. Five different factors. If any one of these factors goes down, we're all going down with it. That's my news feed. That's why I don't check it that often. This person's saying this about this person and this person's saying about this person. That's all bad news. Who cares? Who cares when you know that the creator of the universe holds you in the palm of his hand and he loves you more than anything? And he says, hey, tell someone else about what you have. It's a good thing. It's not a lot of drama. Just be ready, be willing, be available. And you're a missionary. And we have a great example in Jesus, the amazing ultimate missionary there ever was. Merry Christmas. Let's bow our heads. Worship team, let's close with a song. You got a song? Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's just stand together. Jesus, we worship you today. We thank you. Thank you that you came to earth, that you love us. We thank you for this message. We thank you that we have this treasure, as it says, that we're just brittle, brittle jars of clay. We're clay that you formed from the dust of the earth, that you breathe life. And that breath, that life, is a treasure. So, Lord, help us to see that treasure this year. Help us to share that treasure. Give us boldness through your Holy Spirit, because we don't do it alone. We have your Holy Spirit. And we just want to receive every good thing you have for us. So, prayer team, if you could come up. If anybody needs prayer this week as we close in worship, it's available. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we just thank you right now. We thank you that you're here. Just ask you to fill each one of us. Lord, just fill us all. Thank you for that great commission. And Lord, we just surrender to your call today. Whatever it looks like, whatever the timing is, whatever the season is, because there is a time and a season for every purpose under heaven. And we thank you today that you're with us. Emmanuel. Emmanuel.